Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. Welcome. I am Latricia, and with me today is my co-host, Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Hello, Latricia, and hello out there, Difference Makers. Today, we have a special guest, Miss Barbara Williams. No relation. (laughs) Barbara Williams, as a personal growth coach, a licensed mental health counselor, a certified relationship coach, consultant, author, and speaker. Barbara helps individuals, especially women, gain clarity on what they want for their lives and relationships and then support them in creating it. She does this by helping them to get to know, like, and trust themselves to the core of who they are. And today we are going to be talking about Black women and marriage. Mm. Yes, we're going (laughs) to Do like a little myth busters and get some more information and insight on why aren't Black women getting married? Miss Barbara, when you hear that question, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Really, I don't have any particular thing that comes to mind when I hear the question, why aren't Black women getting married? Because the question is just as wide and as vast as there are the reasons that many Black women are not married today, really. Out of the many that I've not just researched and talked to and had as clients and worked with and just heard the different things about um, them not being married, is just so vast and so broad from not finding the right guy after having tried so many different ones, trying to look for Mr. Right. And I can say a whole lot about that because you have a whole lot looking for Mr. Right when they aren't necessarily considered as Miss Right. If you hear what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we're looking for that perfect, just right person and we aren't quite that ourselves. So that is a whole nother, um, whole nother, answer to in in and of itself when it comes to why aren't they married. Some of them, um, they're particular and you should be. Some of them, um, the guys don't want babies. They want babies. They've got ticking clocks and they're trying to move things a little fast. Um, There's this whole new thing. It's not really new, but it seems to be coming out more about the narcissist. So you've got those kind out there and women are just having issues with the men just being, and you've got the men who prefer the men. And so the women are saying there's not enough of them to go around. You know, there are just lots of different reasons. Stop a black woman in the street, stop a woman of color in the midstream and ask, Hey, are you married? And she says, no. And you ask her, why not? However many you stop, Those are the same amount of reasons you're going to get. So I don't think there's any one particular or two or three different reasons 
that women have for not getting married. It just depends on that individual, really. That's a really valid point. And that's something that we wanted to talk about. But in addition to talking about some of the reasons why Black women aren't getting married, I think there are a lot of myths surrounding this idea that Black women aren't getting married. I don't necessarily believe that it's true that Black women aren't getting married. There are some Black women who aren't getting married. And like you said, there are various reasons why. Then there's also these myths about it. So when I hear the question, why aren't Black women getting married? I start thinking about how people associate a lot of negativity with Black women. When we start thinking about some of these different studies and some of these different research that has happened over the years. And I think one of the online dating sites, they're saying that men don't find Black women as attractive as other women and they're less desirable and all of these other things. It seems like there's always a bunch of negativity that comes up. So we want to talk about some of those myths and see about busting some of those myths. Sometimes Black women are married by choice, not because of circumstances. True. Very true. And I think that's a good, legit uh, reason for not being married, because you choose not to be. Um, And you have a lot of divorced Black women out there. So they have married before. They have tried to marry. Either they're divorced by choice, they're divorced by, or or not divorced, but they're no longer married by death, meaning they're, they're a widow. You have so many different reasons that they're no longer married or not married at all, or have never been. I'm finding there are so many women who are really in their um, 40s and 50s and have never been married. So there's a lot going on. And I don't think it is just to your point, Latricia, about it being kind of a negative thing about the women not being Black women, not being married. Across the board, I think there's lots of women who are not marrying today for whatever reason. Guys seem to be choosing themselves these days. So, you know, you just never know um, why people are choosing or just not marrying. If the question is asked, why aren't you married? Then the question can come back at the person by asking, why should I be? I mean, there are people who are okay not being married. They've chosen not to be. So, To not be married is not a bad thing. If it's what you want and you're not, that's the question. If you want to be married and you're not, if you can't find the person that you want, what's going on? Are you looking? Where are you looking? How are you looking? How are you approaching it? Have you been in relationships before? Have they worked? Have they not worked? Why did they not work? What happened? What went wrong? Have you done anything to correct or fix that since that previous relationship? So there are lots of questions in there that could be asked when you're looking to ask someone if they're married or why they're not married. They can come back with just as many for you. Well, Miss Barbara. Yes. And Latricia, you guys have some interesting points. And I think overall, regardless of your race, that there is a decrease of marriages. And one reason is I've seen things online that said women had to marry to basically suffice. 
in the 50s through the 70s and um, before those times. But there are so many women now who are self-sufficient or who can handle things on their own or or more women are choosing not to have children. So therefore, they can navigate life um, without a partner more easily. So I think that's something else. The world is not just, especially in America, I think, it's just not focused on you have to be married. I still think people view others as married, as successful, because you can achieve all these things and people will only still focus on, well, are you married? I have a friend that she got married when she was in her 50s for the first time. So I think we are, as women, I'm a single woman, are starting to say, do I really, do I really, 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 really want to spend my life with this person? Because there was a song by Andre 3000, he said, forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. And I think now we're just really contemplating, is this worth it? Um, so I agree with you guys about the time. You know, I um, you bring a valid point about the the timing back in the 60s, 70s, prior to that, and even since that, and even bringing up the point of a friend of yours just marrying in her 50s for the first time. And, you know, that's not a bad thing. I think it used to be a time, and some of them, some of them still out there, there used to be a time when people married for love. They were in love or they wanted to be in love or whatever love looked like to them. They wanted to be in that space. Today, when people marry, I think it's more of companionship. You know, sure, you want to be in love with someone because when you're in love with them, then you don't mind spending all the time with them. But back then to marry because the butterflies were just tickling you, or you just couldn't see yourself as being separate from that person. You wanted to be with them for the rest of your life. Today, as people age, people are, do you know that people are marrying, not just in the 50s, but people are marrying in their 60s and 70s and their 80s. I went to a wedding a couple of years ago. He was in his 80s. She was in her late 70s. And you couldn't tell them that they weren't young because we're always young at heart. It doesn't matter how old you are. You look inside. You remember when you were younger. You remember when you felt good and you could just run a sprint. Maybe now you can't run a sprint, but it doesn't stop you from feeling like you could if you try to. But then something will remind you, hey, we're not there. So I think the difference between then and now, there are different reasons we do different things. And before it was just all about love, but then, you know, just as, just as quick as you fall in love, fall is the word, just as quick as you fall in love, you can fall out of love. So today when they're marrying later, and these could be people who've been married one, two, three, um, and I've talked with them as many as six times you marry that many times, you're just looking for companionship, especially when you get up in age, who wants to die alone? 
Who wants to be left alone? You want to be able to walk the park with someone, to sit and watch a movie in the evening with someone, to sit and cuddle, to lay and cuddle, to hold hands, to look across from you and smile at someone. So yeah, that is love, but you can have that without necessarily having love. And I think people look for companionship, someone to just be with. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But there there are differences, different reasons people are marrying and different reasons people are not marrying. I say, what is it that you want? Figure out what you want. Get there. Be that. Do that so that you could be at peace with yourself, happy with yourself. I think also there are some myths about marriage, just like there are myths about why Black women don't get married. So when Phyllis said forever, ever, it just it made me think like there are these negative connotations associated with marriage as well. Is this what I really want to do? I think that you're absolutely right. We have to decide for ourselves what is best for our own lives and not feel pressured into doing anything because People make it seem like marriage is some kind of pinnacle to reach, like it's the top of Mount Everest, when in actuality, that may not be true for a lot of people. Some people don't want marriage and some people find companionship in their community. So maybe they have their best friends, their sisters, their homies, their whatever, and they get their needs met that way through their village. So I, I think you said it all, but, you know, we <laughs> still have more to say. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. Um, you know, I have this, um, not only do I have a program in working with people with this, um, getting to know, like, and trust yourself. Uh, we talk about the know, like, and trust factor when it comes to business. And a lot of the times in business, um, there, there are issues and problems there because we don't know, like, and trust ourselves. Maybe you know who you are, but do you like who you are? Maybe you know and like who you are, but do you trust who you are? That plays a role into relationships. And sometimes you find yourself getting into a relationship that's not healthy or that's good for you. And so it doesn't say something about the other person as much as it says something about you. Because if you're there, you you chose to be where you are. So if things aren't working out, don't just look at the other person. Look at you. First, you have to decide, you know, if you, if you know who you are, you like who you are, and you know what you want, trust yourself so that when something different shows up, you're okay with saying, mm, no, that's not it. I don't want that been there, done that, got the t-shirt to show for it and donate it to Goodwill. So you're the one to decide and to determine what it is you want for your life and in your relationships or not. And as you so um, said, Latricia, yes, there are different ways to be in relationships. And sometimes you can put um, marital bliss on such a pedestal that you have to be married in order, in order to be happy. And I think the same thing holds true with singlehood. You can put singlehood in being not so much by yourself, but with yourself. But a lot of the times in singlehood, people are by themselves. But we can put that on a pinnacle 
to where being single is it. But it just depends on the individual. What is it that you want for you? And I think sometimes we just have to test and try things. Does it always turn out the way you want it to when it involves another person? No, it doesn't. And when you're with yourself, yeah, you can get things to go pretty much the way you want it. Because if you want to be with yourself and no one else, then who's who's going to refute that? If you've got this TV station that you want to watch or this channel you want to watch, you don't have to share with anybody. You got this meal you want to eat or prepare and somebody else wants something else. And you're like, no, this is what I'm, you don't have to contend with all of that. If you're single and with yourself and don't want to be bothered, that's a special place to be. But it's a special place to be no matter where you choose to be. It's just a matter of your deciding that's where you want to be. When you make the choice, this is where I want to be. And it doesn't turn out the way you want it to, then just reevaluate. There's always the opportunity to start over, have a fresh start, look at things in a different way. It doesn't have to always go the same way or always turn out the way you think it would because things happen. Life happens. And when it does, you know, just pause and take a break and start over. And when I said that about my friend, it wasn't as if that my friend I got married in her 50s, it wasn't as if it was something to shun. She was an inspiration to me because if I have to wait till I'm 77 to get married and it's the right person, I'd rather do that because she didn't settle. And there are some interesting statistics that I Saw online, some of them are dated. But one said in 2006, 67% of white women in the U.S. between the ages of 25 and 54 were married, compared with only 34% of black women. The 2009 data from the U.S. Census Bureau found nearly 40% of black women ages 34 to 39 had never been married, compared to 14% of their white female peers, or the research that found black women ages 35 to 45 with a college degree, were 15% less likely to be married than a white woman without a degree. So what myths and stereotypes do you think are making Black women less desirable? You did speak about sort of self-reflection and knowing what you want, but do you think there's a contribution of myths and stereotypes? Either one of you guys, Latricia or Miss Barbara, that contribute to these statistics? I think some of these statistics are the reasons why a lot of Black women aren't getting married. They start seeing these statistics and these statistics look like doom and gloom. Oh, wow, I'm never going to get married because this statistic said that 42% of women in my age group or my demographic aren't getting married. So that means me. And they get discouraged. I think a lot of women get discouraged when they see these statistics, when they read all these different articles and magazines and even watch these shows of the perpetual single woman who's steadily dating and and Mr. Right just seems to be so elusive. I think all of that contributes to why some women give up, ones who want to get married, but they give up on the idea of getting married because of all this. And then in their dating lives, they begin to see some of these things. So they begin to date these men who are non-committal, emotionally unavailable. And 
whatever other thing that they don't want in a relationship and time just starts going by and more time goes by and they just become discouraged. Rightfully so. So many do have issues with not being married and the reason for not being married. But, you know, um, I don't think we can always look to and trust statistics 100%. It's just data. It's just information, but it's not information that we can wholeheartedly go to and lean on. The reason I say that is because there are three of us here. If each of us gave information about a specific, a one um, question, one specific topic, if each of us gave some feedback and input, then that will be 100, 100% of the stats here. But suppose only one of us was given, one of the three was given the, the, um, the question or responded to it. Not every person responds to everything in the same way. And so the stats that we get, is, is it something that has been swayed one way to the other? You can ask a question a certain way and get the answer that you kind of want when you're looking at taking a poll or taking a survey or um, getting information out there. So, it, you know, this all this is, is just is just data for us. But we have to take the data and determine what we're going to do with it, how we're going to use it. And so if, if you're circled around Black women who have this issue, then those Black women, if you survey them and ask, hey, why aren't you? And if they are all saying the same one thing, then that one thing is an issue. And that one thing has to be presented maybe to reach out to the men to find out what's going on. I have worked with a large number of both men and women and of all different races in different areas. Um, For um, 10 years, I worked as a military and family life counselor in all branches of the services, worked with them all from the Um, Air Force, Army, Navy, Marines, Reserves, Guards, even retirees. And then over the past year, I just happened to be um, working as a traveling counselor, as I did with the military. In the prison system, I was recruited. So I never dreamt of, thought of, that I would ever be in such a place. And so I I said yes to the opportunity. So I ended up like nine months in a 100% male prison. And for people to around me, family, friends, they were afraid for me, but I learned so much. And when I go back and hear some of the things um, about these men, things that they had to say about the women in their lives and what they felt, how they felt, and some of those women were the reasons they, they were there. So when you look at all the different stories, I brought up all of that to say how, how many, a vast number of people we work with, it just depends on the individual. If something is going on with them, if they're in a relationship or not in a relationship, why are they in a relationship? 
because they want to be, because they're in love, because they met someone, because they wanted companionship. Why are they not in a relationship? Because they they enjoy their own company. And I'm one of those people. I love Barbara and I love her company. I could spend so much time with myself doing the things that I enjoy, but then you put me with someone else and I can enjoy them as well. And also Barbara is married. Um, As a matter of fact, I've been married 47 years to the same one guy, been with him now for over 50 years. So yeah, I was one of those early young brides and it's lasted because we have both done our individual work. So it works if you work, if you work it, but that's like anything. It's a career. It's a job. It's the community. Whatever you do, it has to be something you want to do, something you enjoy doing, but you have to work at it. We have to work it out ourselves. We don't just wake up in the morning and show up the way we do the end of the day. That's something you have to work toward becoming and and being and doing. So that's life and that's relationships. It's about thinking about what do I really want for me? And when we're able to focus on ourselves and what we want for our life and for our relationships, then the best thing we could do, the best thing I know that I could do is help individual that comes across my path to do the same thing. Figure out what it is you want. Help them to come to that conclusion. Help them to get clear on that and about that. And once they get clear on that, then help them create that thing that they're looking to and that they want for themselves. And I wanted to piggyback on something Latricia said. It's actually funny. Latricia, the statistics that I stated was from a blog. It was a lady who was speaking about her meeting the guy of her dreams. And she said she read the statistics about Black women getting married and she thought she'll never get married. So it made me think about something a friend told me years ago. There's another side of statistics. So if 40% of Black women have never been married, that means 60% have. So there's another side of statistics. Mm. And, and um, data doesn't lie, but people lie about data. And Ms. Barbara yeah. touched on that. Yeah. And did they only get people, did they only survey the New York area, the California area, because if it's regional, I'm pretty sure people in Kentucky and more Southern regions are probably more like to marry. Like there's probably a cultural difference too. And Mm -hmm. you touched on that as well. So there's a lot I got from this conversation there that there's so many reasons that women are getting married. One is because sometimes men want to marry other men. Um, there's preferences. Um, there's, and I'm pretty sure the same is true in reverse. Sometimes women want to marry other women. Um, the quality, there's narcissists, the standards, the shared vision, unequally yoked is what a lot of people that follow the Christian faith say. And there's also just people happy with being single. Mm -hmm. It's, there's no desire to be married because they enjoy being single. Or they don't feel any pressure from society anymore to get married. There's so many reasons that Black women don't get married. And those reasons aren't solely because they're not desirable. 
is what I got from this conversation. What did you get, Latricia? I got the exact same thing. And another thing that I would like to add is that some women are getting married later, just like your friend got married in her 50s. There are women getting married later. So if you're pulling 34 to 39 or 29 to 35, then these women aren't necessarily in the group. And one of the things that I really got was a point that you made about not settling. If you decide that you don't want to settle and you have to wait longer or you choose to wait longer, I should say, then you're more likely to get married later. And I think that that is just such a beautiful thing because I was thinking about how a lot of Black women want to marry Black men. And like you guys are saying, sometimes there are Black men who are marrying other men. There are men who are in prison. There are men who just don't cut the mustard. So there are all these reasons why people don't marry certain people. So there's like, no, I don't want to settle for that. I want someone who I want. And hopefully they've done the work, right? So don't be out there. What is that song saying? Don't be out there looking for a 10 when you're five, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but getting what you want, but having done the work to become who you are and getting a quality mate that you desire, I think sometimes that does require a longer wait. So not settling, I think, is a really is a really good reason to wait. Don't be a nigga out here looking for a dime statistics. That's what that, it is. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Miss Barbara, you've been so informative. I want other people to find you and learn more about you on barbaraannwilliams.com. I read your book a few times, so I encourage others to read that. Can you tell us a little bit more about you? Which book did you read? Oh, I don't remember the name of it. Was it about relationships, about personal growth? or It was about relationships. Okay, relationship success tips? Um, I know it was about relationships. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But yes, um, I think that when we start looking at having a better life, be it in our own relationships we have with others, it starts good relationships, healthy relationships, happy relationships start with healthy, happy individuals. And so if you're going to have a happy life, it's because you're a happy individual. And we all want happy lives, well-sustaining lives that we can be able to be supportive towards others and gain the support from them. You got to know who you are. And often in our relationships, we aren't clear about who we are. If you if you go out and you get into a relationship and you project one thing, um, and let me give this example right here. Um, you go out and you have a blind date. You got somebody on the, um, found somebody on one of the dating sites and you decide to uh, meet after having conversations um, through text, emails, or whatever, or even conversations on the phone. And and that can only take you so far because you can tell a lot about a person just, and sometimes people don't like to um, to to type or respond on their phone and you, you get to see how they communicate. And if you're a communicator and you've got a guy or someone who's communicating with you and it's not clear and you're like, 
oh no, this person's a no. You don't even want to take that any further, but that's because you're clear on who you are and what you're looking for. But if you're just willing, okay, again, there Phil is that word settle. If you're just willing to settle and just take anything that comes along just because you want to be in a relationship, then how many relationships or in this term talking about marriage, how many marriages are you going to get into before you get to one that you really feel good about. That says much more about you than it does all these relationships you've been in. So the best thing to do is get to know you, get clear on what it is you want for your relationships. And that's what I actually do um, in helping women to get clear on what it is they want for themselves. Because when you are clear on what you want for you, then it makes the picture a lot clearer when you start getting into a relationship with someone else. Because you know off the jump, that person is a yes, that person is a no, or mm, I need another conversation, I need another date, I need another something to figure it out because you didn't get all that you needed that first time around. But it's about you getting clear on, one, who you are, two, who you want, and three, creating the plan to help you get just that. That is so great. And I'm going to, I'm not sure if that was the principal challenge because I was trying to write down everything. One, get clear of who you are, two, get clear of who you desire, and three, make a plan. Yes, yes. Principal challenge. Live them out. And if I had to talk about the principle, um, it would be, and I think I've said it throughout here, is to get to know, like, and trust yourself. I love it. Get to know, like, and trust yourself. Yeah, get to not just know yourself, not just like yourself, but trust you. You know, it's, there's something. Um, there's something about meeting someone for the first time. There's something happens on the inside of you that says, mm-mm, mm-mm, "Something isn't quite right." You don't have a clue as to what it is, but the mere fact that something inside says, "Step back," or "No." But you second guess yourself and you go on the second, third, fourth date because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or you don't want to not be nice. But when you know, why do you need to play around? Oh, it, this was a nice date. I enjoyed meeting you. Yeah. And, and even if you didn't enjoy it, you enjoyed it because that's one less person you have to go through to get to the person you're trying to get through. So you enjoyed that. You got it over with. You could check that box, finish that one, and you move forward. But getting to know, like, and trust yourself is how you create the life you desire. Because if you don't know you, don't like you, don't trust you, and when things show up, what what are you going to do? You're going to lean towards the other person. I got to say this, guys. Um, y'all remember the movie uh, Runaway Bride with Julia Roberts and Richard Gere? I love that movie mm-hmm. because it so illustrates the point I, I'm trying to make here about Richard Gere's character constantly trying to tell Julia Roberts' character about her choosing all these men to marry 
because she didn't know who she was. She didn't know what she wanted. She wasn't clear. So anybody that came along that she said yes to, she became what they wanted. So it was like the whole situation about the eggs. What kind of eggs do you like? Whatever kind of eggs you like. If they like scrambled eggs, boiled eggs, fried eggs, you know, sunny side up. And so Richard Gere finally finally tells her, you don't even know what kind of eggs you like. That sent her on a quest to find herself because of something that he had said. So I think so often we try to find ourselves in the other person. But no, you need to know who you are. So when you meet the person, you can present yourself. You can introduce yourself because you already know. You already, they don't know. You're introducing yourself. But if you're coming to them and whatever it is they like, whatever it is they want to do, that's what you're doing. That's what you're liking. Then how do you show up? And so when you do finally end up showing up, that's not the person they like because you never showed them that person. So that's where we get so many irreconcilable differences. People don't show who they are in the relationship up front. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is so great. You are just so lovely and wise. And I love the way you deliver everything. I am speechless. And I was just thinking about my own experiences as you were talking. But you gave us a principal challenge. And Latricia, do you have anything else? I do not. This has just been so enjoyable. I love our. I've had many conversations <laughs> with her, so I already knew of her wisdom. <laughs> Oh, (laughs) all right. So you guys, thank you so much, BarbaraAnnWilliams.com. And if you just add a couple of things, just a couple of letters after that, you'll be able to get a free gift from me, BarbaraAnnWilliams.com forward slash UB for Unblock Bundle. So many women are um, blocked as to what they want, but this this is a um, a list that you're able to get to find out, okay, why am I blocked? What is my problem? What's going on here? And you get a uh, PDF that breaks down five of those blocks for you. So that's your, that's your freebie. Unblock bundle. It's BarbaraAnnWilliams.com forward slash UB. Unblock bundle. Uh, I thank you so much. You are so welcome. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. It has truly been our pleasure. Thank you for being here. Please open your mind, hearts, and ears for our next section as we spread the good news. Not rumors, not rubbish. Living the principles, we spread the good news. This month is Women's History Month, so I decided to inform our listeners of some powerful women born in the month of March. Born March 20th, 1915, Rosetta Tharp was a pioneer of rock and roll. She influenced other great performers and musicians like Chuck Berry and Little Richard. She was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2008. One interesting fact, that in 1938, she left her husband, whom was a minister, to pursue her secular music career. She was scrutinized for this decision. Years later, due to pressure of being single, she married her manager at a PR stunt. 
Their marriage lasted for the long haul until her death in 1973. You can learn more about her through the documentary, The Godmother of Rock and Roll, Sister Rosetta Dark. Born March 19, 1894, Jackie Mons Mabley was the first woman comedian in the U.S. to have a long-lasting and successful career. She had a career that expanded over six decades with accomplishments such as appearing more than any other performer in history on the Apollo, playing at the Carnegie Hall, successful comedy albums, and appearing on shows like Flip Wilson and The Ed Sullivan Show. Whoopi Goldberg presents Morris Mabel HBO documentary, tells more about her overcoming adversity in life that led to putting two children up for adoption. Loretta Atkin, whose stage name was Jackie Moms Mabley, never married and was openly lesbian. lesbian. Yet she was famous for joking about being a dirty old woman who didn't shy away from difficult topics such as politics and racism. Born March 24, 1912, Dorothy Height spent her life fighting for civil rights and women's rights. She established the Center for Racial Justice and was also the president of National Council of Negroes Women for decades. In 1986, Height organized a Black Family Reunion, a celebration of traditions and values, which is still held annually. She worked with the big six of the civil rights movement, Martha Luther King Jr., a. Philip Randolph, Roy Wilkins, Whitney Young, John Lewis, and James Farmer. In 1994, President Bill Clinton awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Later in life, she attended fundraisers with Oprah Winfrey. She met Barack Obama, who coined her the godmother of the civil rights movement. She was later honored on a postal stamp. Dorothy Height never married or had children. That concludes our good news for today. Powerful women in their journey towards marriage or no marriage. <laughs> Latricia, the soul snack for today. What do you have for us? Before I give the soul snack, I just want to say that I, too, was born in March. Our soul snack for today comes from a Burundi proverb, and it says, where there is love, there is no darkness. That's our show for today. Until next time, expand your minds and impact your communities. Thanks for listening to Living the Principles podcast. Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.